Kendall replied. But she's old enough to be a grandmother to most of these men. Except she was a colonel, Porter added dryly. So she's not exactly the warm and fuzzy grandmotherly type. The other day she clocked me with a wooden spoon because I couldn't finish that gruel she calls oatmeal. We're lucky to have her here, Marcus said. How else would we feed the men? Marcus, she runs that place like a mess hall, and the food is terrible. It's edible, Marcus said in her defense, and it's good that she keeps the men in line. Molly is a blessing, Kendall conceded. But surely you understand the men are more interested in having eligible young women around. Marcus scoffed. These are mostly military guys. They're used to being without female company. Sure, when they were in Iraq and Afghanistan, Porter blurted out. But now that they're back on American soil, they want to see some American beauties. We're only a few hours from Atlanta, Marcus remarked. Four hours, Porter reminded him. The men don't seem to mind the drive when they caravan into the city on weekends. Kendall made a thoughtful noise in his throat. But, invariably, some of them don't come back Monday morning. They're either in jail or in love. Marcus pulled on his chin. Ten crews of twenty-five men each was the minimum number of bodies they needed to keep things moving forward. Admittedly, it was getting harder to recruit new workers to replace the men who went AWOL every week. A commotion outside the office trailer caught their attention. Kendall looked out the window, then bolted for the door. It's another fight. Marcus cursed and followed his brothers outside, where a few hundred yards away, two men rolled in the red mud, fists flying, while other men stood around egging them on. Kendall and Porter rushed forward to pull the men apart, but wound up getting dragged down in the mud with them instead. Marcus rolled his eyes, then reached for a water hose coiled nearby and turned a stream full force on the fighting men. Break it up! The men separated enough for Kendall and Porter to drag them to their feet and shove them in opposite directions. He started it, one man yelled. That's bullshit! The other man yelled. Enough, Marcus roared. One more word, and your pay will be docked. He turned to address all the workers. The next man who wants to fight will be fired on the spot. Got it? Now get back to work. The men grumbled, but everyone made their way back to the mountainous pile of tires that were being sent through an industrial shredder, cleaned and bagged as mulch. It was their first viable commercial product. Porter, a natural salesman, had convinced several state parks and botanical gardens to switch from natural wood mulch to their reclaimed product that would last for decades. Everything was moving forward as planned, except for the constant fighting among the men. Kendall and Porter walked toward Marcus, slinging mud from their arms. It's only going to get worse. Porter said. These guys are together all the time with no way to blow off steam. I have to agree, big brother, Kendall offered, picking up the hose to wash off the worst of the sticky red mud. Come on, Marcus, 
Having women here will help the town grow faster, Porter urged. We're going to need retail stores and teachers and nurses. And lawyers and doctors, Kendall broke in, giving Porter a chastising squirt with the hose. I don't care what they do for a living, Porter said with a grin, as long as they bring skirts and high heels and perfume. I don't blame the men. I'm tired of being around a bunch of sweaty, ugly guys, too. And that includes you two. Marcus pursed his mouth. So this really is about you, Porter. You want us to import women for your own entertainment? No. Then Porter shrugged sheepishly. But I don't plan to sit on the sidelines, either. Unlike you, Marcus, I don't hate women. Marcus gritted his teeth. I don't hate women. I just know.